Welcome to the Ribbon Factory seminar stream. I don't know if you've been to New Day before. Just show of hands if you've been to New Day before. Lovely. Um, anyone been to the Ribbon Factory seminar streams before? A few of you. Cool. If you haven't, um, we've been doing it for a few years. A couple of years ago, the theme was Swag Yolo Peak, I believe. Last year, the theme was started from the top. And this year, the theme is That's Not Me. Has anyone heard the song That's Not Me? At like a waste man, that's not me. I won't repeat the next line. Um, but yeah, the seminar stream for this year is That's Not Me. And we've got a number of speakers speaking um, on the prodigal son, uh, which is a parable in the Bible. Um, and we'll be kind of approaching a different angle of that text every day this week. Um, me and Emma will be speaking tomorrow. Um, a guy called Sean, who's Joe's brother, will be speaking as well. Um, and today we've got a guy called Ben Lindsay speaking as well. If you'd like to know all the speakers, they're just up on the poster um, on the wall over there. Um, so that's what the seminar streams will be about. Um, we've also got afternoon follow-up sessions called 151 because New Day is more than just one week of the year. It's to impact the other 51. So we really want you guys to come along. If you've got any more questions about what you've heard or if you just want to go a bit deeper into whatever we've talked about in the morning seminar, then there'll be loads of us ready to talk to you and we've got a few things laid out that we want to go through. So it'll be so good to have loads of you there. If you want to bring your youth leaders, you can um, or just come on your own with your friends but it'll be really good to see you there and that's at three till four every afternoon over in the ribbon factory down at the end amazing cool so we're going to kick off and i know ben likes um people to kind of listen and a lot of energy and stuff so we're just going to start by everyone saying that's not me <laughs> act like a waste man <laughs> soul survivor i'm joking i'm joking i'm joking um cool so we're going to watch a video of ben and he'll come up after that enjoy the session I was brought up in a Christian home in South East London. I had a happy and fun upbringing, and despite my parents divorcing when I was seven, and life not always being easy, my childhood is full of beautiful memories. Even though church played an important part of my life, I drifted from church in my teenage years. Music, clothes, and girls became my priority. I developed a passion for DJing, and with that came a strong desire for money, women, and material things. By the time I was at university, my craving was to feed those yearnings as much as possible. I found my worth and value in things that were temporary. In 1999, three things happened that questioned my worth. Firstly, my grandmother, the foundation of our family, a Christian woman, died. This was tough on the whole family. Secondly, my dad's designer clothes business closed. I found a lot of my identity in the clothes I was given from my dad. Finally, I came out of university with hopes of finding a well-paid job. This wasn't the case. I was unemployed for a few months. The combination of losing a loved one, my materialistic identity disappearing, and my self-worth being devalued because of being unemployable sent me on a downward spiral. As a result, my drinking and womanising became out of control. These things did not satisfy me. They were temporary highs that caused more pain than joy. I now know I was depressed. I found myself in a very dark place. On Friday the 7th, January 2000, I met a woman in a bar. She asked me a question. Do I believe in God? That question started a journey for us both to exploring who God really is. We both attended an alpha course at King's Church London. 
During the course, we started to understand the importance of the miraculous birth of Jesus Christ, his sin-bearing death on the cross, and his death-defying resurrection. That these three acts were done for me because God is a good, good father. And even though I did not deserve to be rescued, through his grace, he put an amazing redemption plan in place. All because God loves me. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, I started to work out that my security, significance and assurance is in Jesus and not the things of this world. The woman I met in the bar is called Billy. We were baptised together on May the 21st, 2001 and married on September the 6th, 2003. We have a son called Hector and as I speak, another baby Jew any moment. I thank God every day that I'm adopted into his family, that he has blessed me with a beautiful family and that he has my heart. I'm so thankful that I can daily proclaim with confidence what it says in Ephesians 1, 3 to 14. My name is Ben Lindsay. I am a son of the King. Yeah, that's me. So that was my twin brother. No, I'm joking, it was me. And... Um, hope you enjoyed that. I'm just going to ask people just to step forward a little bit or move forward. There's people who can't get in at the back and we want everybody to experience a seminar. So if everyone just shuffle forward a little bit before we, we crack on, that'd be great. Nice one. Keep going. People at the back, please, don't be afraid. There's actually... I said I wasn't going to do this to them, but there's a bit of space down there. So if people want to walk through, we want everybody in. Okay, so as Isaac Camilla said, that's not me. And we're going to be looking at Luke 15, the prodigal son. It's one of my favorite stories in the Bible. But it's also one of the most misunderstood stories in the Bible. On the face of it, it looks like it's just about the father's love and how forgiving he is. But that's just kind of like the surface level. So I'm just going to recap what the story's about and then we'll crack in. I'm not going to read it from scripture because, not because I think I can do a better job, but I just want to just freestyle a little bit. So basically, you've got two brothers and a father. And you've got the younger brother and the older brother. They're not named in scripture but since this is all about that's not me and it's a Jamie and Skepta song we'll call them Jamie and Skepta alright Jamie's the younger Skepta's the older so one day Jamie goes up to his father and says I want all my inheritance now I want it now everything that is in your will give it to me now now I know if I said that to my mum or my dad I'll probably, I won't say it'll get violent, but it wouldn't be nice, okay? But surprisingly, the father turns around to Jamie and says, fine, do your thing, no problem. You can have your inheritance, you can have the money that I've got saved for you when I die, you can have it now. So what does he do? He takes it and he goes on a mad one. He goes on a bit of a bender, he gets his mates, they go out drinking, drugs, prostitutes, it's party time. 
and he's, he's going for it. And then one day, the inevitable happens. All the money's gone. And all the money's gone. And all his friends have gone. And he's, he's, in, he's in deep trouble. He's in such an odd position that now he's even having to eat with pigs. That's what the Bible says. He's eating with pigs. He's got no money. He's got nothing. So what does he do? He's like, hold on a minute. The life at my old man's house, the life at my dad's house was actually okay. But I've kind of disrespected him. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to go back as a servant. Maybe he'll accept me as a servant. So he's like, okay, that's a good idea. He goes back. And to his surprise, his father is already waiting for him. Before he even gets up to the door of his house, the father's run. Run. Hugged him. Welcomed him. And said, I love you. Welcome back. It doesn't just stop there. The father then throws the biggest party for him. He gets like the best garments, the best clothes. He gets the best food. He gets a ring on his finger. And it's unbelievable. But this is the father's love. It's like, I'm just glad that you're back. I'm glad that you're home. Now, older brother Skepta is like, hold on a minute. I don't really get how this is working. He goes away with his mates, spends our inheritance on prostitutes, drinking, raving it up, strip clubs, and you greet him back with love? Nah, that's outrageous. So he's, even he is challenging the father. His father, he's challenging his decision making. This is what the father says. We have to celebrate. My son was lost, but now he's found. He was blind how he could see. So we need to celebrate. In a nutshell, that is the prodigal son. What we really want to do this week, we want to talk about your worth, your identity, who you are. You see, the prodigal son ran away from everything that was what was his. And even as I was praying this morning, I felt God kind of say to me, there's people here who are running away from their true selves. There's people here who have basically gone to what the world says. The world says you need to be like this. You need to be into consumerism. You need to be looking a certain way, six-pack or whatever it is, really slender beach body. The world says that you need to have all these material things. That's not you. Our identity is in Christ. And there's so much we're going to cover this week. We're going to talk about forgiveness. We're going to talk about the younger brother running away. We're going to talk about the older brother. Like I said, this story is so, it's such a misconception. Let me tell you something. By the end of this week, and this is I'm encouraging you to stay here all week, you are going to turn around and say, I'm, over, I'm either the younger brother or the older brother. And some of you might be thinking, hold on a minute, the older brother didn't do anything wrong, no. He was the good, he's the one who conformed. But later on in the week, a guy called Sean, he's going to be talking about, actually, the older brother is just as sinful as the younger brother. Because his motives were very wrong. So is that all right? Yeah? Boy, you lot all look a little bit... Uh, yeah. Okay. I'm going to start this off. I'm not going to talk for long because I want to see what God does. I'm, I like the Holy Spirit and I want to see what he does. But I want to just break it down. There's three things I want to talk about the younger brother, why he ran away. 
Some of these things you might be able to relate to. A lot, you've just heard my story. There's a lot of stuff I can relate to. But it's three things I want to talk about. And the first one, why did he run? It's because he had a lack of identity. A lack of belonging. The question is, do you know yourself? Do you really know who you are? I know me. You know what? I'm a black man from southeast London whose parents are Jamaican. And I'm very, very proud of that fact. I'm proud of who I am, how I was raised up. I'm proud that I'm a London boy through and through. I'm proud I support the best team in the whole wide world, Chelsea Football Club, big up Roman Abramovich. You know? I'm proud of all that stuff. I know my identity. Do you know who you are? Do you honestly know who you are and where you come from? I'm proud of my identity. But to be honest, being a Christian, being in Christ, is what I should really be focused on more than anything else. And we've got to be really careful what I'm saying here. It's not that being a black man from southeast London and having Jamaican parents is unimportant. I'm not trying to say that we have to create this kind of grey, bland Christianity. Look at all, I see all types of faces. Some better looking than others, but it's all right. I'm seeing all types of faces here from all types of backgrounds and all types of cultures, and that's amazing. We're not trying to create like a grey, kind of bland thing. The problem is, the prodigal son didn't know his identity. He ran away from who he really is. He was somebody who was well-loved. He had all the wealth and security and assurance and significance in his father. And he threw it all away for a quick fix. He wanted it all now. I can relate to that. I did some stuff when I was younger where I honestly thought that my identity was in clothes. You heard it on the talk there. My dad, when I was, well, from about the age of nine or ten, he had a very successful clothes business, a designer clothes business, and basically I was able to get anything I wanted without even working for it. It sounds like a good thing, but it messed me up because I thought that was my identity in what I wore, people rating me for the garments I had, And then when that all went, I was like, oh, what do I do now? The prodigal son, Mr. JME, ran away. He ran away from his identity. Let me read to you how the father sees you. There's things in the Bible. The Bible's great because it really does give you a clue about how God sees you, how our father in heaven sees you. This is what it says says this in 1 John. See what kind of love the Father has given to us that we should be called children of God. We're children of God. Hold on, Daryl was talking about last night, if you were there, how the world is spinning at, I don't know, 64,000 miles an hour, whatever it was. The same God who's sustaining that looks at you all as his children. Is that not mind-blowing? No? Okay. It should blow your mind. It really should blow your mind. This is what else he says in the Bible. In Jeremiah, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Everlasting. Ever, everlasting from the beginning of time, presently and beyond. It says this in Ephesians, I was loved before the foundation of the world. So when Genesis, in Genesis, when things were going on, 
He was thinking about you. He's 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 thinking about you. When it was all going on, he was thinking about all of us. He was creating all of us. He had us in his mind and in our hearts. It says this in Psalm 139. I was loved when I was knit together in my mother's womb. I've just had a second child. And we got the ultrasound a few months ago. And that verse, I was like, my goodness. I don't even know what you sound like. I don't even know what you look like. But here's a picture of you in, in my wife's womb. And God knows you. And then it says, I was loved on the day I was born in Psalm 71. So no matter whether some of you have got bad parents or good parents or you know who your parents are or you don't, the day you were born, our Father in heaven loved us. This is what the word says. I'm not going to pretend that, okay, because he loves us, nothing matters. Of course it matters. We all want earthly parents to love us. But ultimately, ultimately, our Father who created everything loves us. This is our identity. This is who we are. And this, in the prodigal son, is what he threw away. Do you have a misplaced identity of who you are? You see, the thing about the prodigal son, the moment he moved away from his father's love, it opened him up. It opened himself up to a madness. Suddenly, the things where he should have been safe, oh no, suddenly danger came in. He lost his money, he lost his friends, he's, he's eating with pigs. He's going with prostitutes. And that's what happens. When you move away from the Father's love, when you move away from our Father in heaven, you open yourself up to danger. I experienced that as well. When I thought to myself, actually, I'm going to get my love from multiple women, I actually opened myself up to danger, whether it was potential sexual diseases or emotional stress, paranoia, all that type of stuff. I, I potentially, there was a potential for me to open myself up. That's why I find it fascinating when people choose worldly, consumer, materialistic ways over the security and assurance and significance of what our Father in Heaven brings. You see, to summarize this point, basing your identity on anything other than Jesus Christ it's going to end up flawed. If you base it on this world, you base it on materialism, you base it on your relationships, you base it on what you look, look like in the mirror, you base it on all these things, it all fell. I'm proud of being a black man. I'm proud of being from London. But you know what? When I look at other people who are my same colour as me, sometimes I'm disappointed. Because sometimes I see black and black crime in London, I'm like, but we're the same. My skin is people who look like me has let me down. I love London to bits, but sometimes when I see the madnesses and the danger what goes on in London, I'm ashamed of London. I'm like, wow, this is crazy. The only thing that never lets me down, never lets me down, is our Father in heaven. Let's base our identity on that. That's point one. Point two. Why did he run? The prodigal son, our man Jamie, he ran... Mainly because he had a lack of respect for his father. A lack of respect for his father. Now, when we talk about disrespect, if this generation, the only thing I hear people really talking about is like Drake versus Meek Mill. 
Oh, meet me with this Drake. It's on. And just to be clear, I'm Team Drake. Isaac is Meat Mill, man. Governor B is a bit of Meat Mill, man. You can have words with him about that afterwards. Sometimes when we think about respect, we just look at it on a, like a horizontal level. I disrespected my friend. He disrespected me. I've got beef. I've got problems. Instead of looking at it like vertical, how have we actually disrespected our holy father? You see, one of the things which kind of stopped me with the patterns of sin in my life is when I realized that every time I sinned, I was actually offending God. God being holy, God being pure, God being righteous, God being perfect. Like, there's this vertical thing that I'm offending God. The same God who sent his son to die for me. The same God I've I've got no right really to be here apart from this thing called grace. I've got no right to be here, but because he loved me, I've got an opportunity to be in his presence. Because of the work his son did on the cross, which satisfied the wrath of God because we are sinners, that's the only reason I've got access. So me just continuing to sin is a complete part, a complete disrespect to our Father in heaven. And this is what you kind of see with the prodigal son. He basically disrespects his father. In that culture, going up to your father and saying, I want my inheritance now, is wishing him dead. You only get your inheritance when somebody dies. So if I went up to my mum and said, you know what, mum? Guess what? I know you're alive, you're well, you're kicking, but I basically want everything now. I am wishing her dead. Can you see the ultimate disrespect in that? And this is what you kind of see with the prodigal son. He didn't play the long game. The question is, do you love, if you're a Christian here, do you love the father for who he is or what he can give? Let me say that again. Do you love the father for who he is or what he can give? The prodigal son was like, I'm not really into your character. I just want what you can give me. Instead of thinking, well, actually, you've got, if you're talking about our Father in heaven, it's a steadfast love. He's an awesome God. He is righteous. He is loving. He is peaceful. He's graceful. He's merciful. Before I get on my knees every day and I, I reel off my list of requests, I have to remind myself of the character of God. Do you love the Father in heaven for who he is or more than what? He can get. And I actually think as I was praying about this, some of you here is just triggering some stuff in your hearts. Some of you might need to go back and apologize to your parents or carers. Some of you may have just been like, you know what? I've been quite disrespectful. Some of you might need to make a phone call straight after this. You know who you are. Says in the Psalms, or in actually in Proverbs, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. Now, Daryl Tunnelly is going to be coming on Wednesday, and he's going to be speaking about this, the fear of the Lord. We need to really think about when we sin, that we are sinning against a holy father, not just against ourselves or our friends. So that's the second point. The third point, why did he run? Why did he run? 
he ran because he had a lack of perspective. He had a lack of perspective of who he was. He decided to run away from all the assurance and significance and security of his father. He really didn't play the long game. And as I said in that video, there's a, these verses I've been reading. I'm gonna, I think sometimes when we say, say things like, read the Bible, pray, I feel like actually what we need to do is teach people how to read the Bible and pray. So I'm going to give you an insight into how I read the Bible. It's not for everyone, but this is how I read it. What I do is that every morning, I basically read the same scripture again and again and pray it through. And the particular scriptures, what I mentioned in that video, is Ephesians 1. And this is, this is, this is, this scripture, I'm not going to read it all now because I'm going to, I'm going to do something a little bit different later on. But these scriptures are amazing because it gives me a bigger perspective of who I am in Christ. Sometimes what it is, the reason why we make, we, we make the mistakes and we run away from our fathers because we don't really know who we are. Yeah, we don't really know what we've got. We don't know who we are in the light of our father in heaven. So this is some of the stuff it says about who we are and what we've got from being in God, being in Christ. It says that he has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing. Every spiritual blessing. All of you who are Christians here today have every spiritual blessing from Christ. It says, as I said before, he chose us before the foundations of the world. Before the very ground you are sitting on was constructed, he chose you. That in front of him, we are holy, pure, and blameless. So no matter what you're feeling like, if you're feeling condemned, if you've come here and thought, you know what, boy, if Ben only knew the type of stuff I get involved in when I'm away from church life, you wouldn't be even looking at me. Well, it says here that we are holy and blameless in front of him because of the work of Jesus. We have a glorious grace. We are blessed. We have redemption through his blood. Through the blood of Jesus on the cross, it means that we are redeemed and we are restored. Because that death satisfied God. We've got the riches of his grace. Lavished upon us. He makes known the mysteries of his will. So when you're like, why is this world the way it is? You pick up the word and you pray and you say, Holy Spirit, come. And he will make known his mysteries. Now, if this doesn't excite you, if this doesn't give you a perspective of who we are in Christ, go home. Because this is, this is amazing. This is absolutely amazing. It says that we've obtained an inheritance. An inheritance that when we're dead and gone, we're going to receive our inheritance from heaven. Many rooms in our father's house. This is what it says. There's an inheritance waiting for us. And it also talks about us being sealed by the Holy Spirit. This is who we are. This is our perspective. This is who we are as Christians. And part of it, if we walk away from the Father, we are walking away from all this. It's madness. It's a bit like Prince William and Prince Harry coming up to me one day and saying, you know what, I know I'm royalty. I know I've got more money than the average person on this earth. I know I've got status. 
I know I'm loved and known around the world, but I want to swap my life with you, Ben, Lindsay, who is not known all around the world, has no royalty, no status, and definitely hasn't got as much money as them in the bank. You'd be like, why would you do that? What's that about? But can't you see, when we walk away from our inheritance, when we walk away from who we are in God, everything I've just read in Ephesians, that's what we're, like, we're doing. We're walking away from everything which is ours. We're doing what the prodigal son did. He walked away from it. It makes no sense to me. But we consistently do it. I really want us to get that God sees us as being wonderful and beautifully made. He loves us so dearly. And to walk away from that breaks his heart. It makes no sense. I want to conclude now because I really want time for God just to do some stuff in us. And how I want to conclude is like this. I basically want people to understand that it's time to come home. For some of us, we've been running away like the prodigal son. We've been running away, running away into things which have been dangerous and harmful. And your Father in Heaven says today, come home. Come home. Come home. I'm here for you. Everything that the world, your friends, your environment says is good, the television, social media, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, everything it says is good isn't good in comparison to me. Everything you're saying out there, which you think is amazing, is temporary. It will not last. I am the everlasting father. I will last. I want you. I love you. I've got so much for you. Ben Rose stood up last night and said, um, I think it was Ben or someone basically said, look, it's time to get serious with God. You've got an opportunity this week to get serious with our Father. You can put everything down, no matter what you've gone through. Some of the stuff I've got, I went through, included depression, drinking too much, womanizing. I'm not saying that everybody's relating to that, but there might be other things. It might be like addictions. It might be porn. There's a million things out there which you could be involved in. You know it's not of the Father. and It's like escapism. You've run away to it. God is like, put it down, come home. Come home. Come home. I've got more than the world offers. Come home. I'm a loving, beautiful God. Come home. I've got a a feast waiting for you. I've got a party waiting for you. Come home. Don't be fooled. Don't be fooled by what they're saying out there. Come home. This is what your father's saying. I was going to read this from a really good book which I recommend you get, called The Prodigal God by Tim Keller. It says this. Jesus came to bring the human race home. Therefore, he did not come in strength, but in weakness. He came and experienced the exile that we deserved. He was expelled from the presence of the Father. He was thrust into the darkness the utmost despair of a spiritual alienation in our place. He took upon himself the full curse of human rebellion, cosmic homelessness, so that we could be welcomed into our true home. In the Father's love, 
That is our true home. Everything else is just worthless. Are you lost? If you're lost, we're going to have an opportunity in a moment just to respond. And we've got some people who would love to pray for you. We're going to respond. Do you feel like you belong? Have you lost your perspective? Don't waste this opportunity. I'm going to get us to try and do something because I really want us to get our perspective on this and I'm going to get us to read together aloud those verses from Ephesians. Okay? So I'm going to get Joe to put it up. And if you're, if you're not a Christian here, you might be like, oh, yeah, this is just weird. Uh, I've just come here and man's just getting me to read out loud. So you don't feel like you have to. You know, I'm not forcing you. But actually, if you are a Christian here, this is who you are. This is your identity. And we should be reading this with pride. So, Joe, get it up. And I want us all to read this together. You ready? Out loud, by the way. So that means you have to open your mouth. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places even as he chose us in him before the foundations of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoption as sons and daughters through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to praise of his glorious grace, with which he has blessed us in the beloved. In him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will, according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. In him, we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, so that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to to the praise of his glory. In him, you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possessions of it, to the praise of his glory. That is who you are. That is what you will be running home to. I'm going to get my man Jude, wherever he's disappeared to. There he is. I'll get you to stand, please. We go to a church called Emmanuel Church London, which is based in Greenwich. And we're just going to sing a song, which we, we do. You might not know it. Um, it's called Good, Good Father. It's a great song. If you don't know it, it's pretty easy to pick up. But if you don't know it, you can just let the message sink in. Because the whole thing is, is that we have got a good, good father who loves you. And we've got this opportunity to run home to him today. It might be a small thing. I've just taken my eye off you, Lord. Run home. It might be a big thing. Taking my eye off you for a while, Lord doesn't matter, run home. He will still come to greet you in the same way we saw in the, in the story. He will run after you. So we're going to sing this song and then 
I'm just going to say, you know what, Holy Spirit, do your thing. See what happens. Thank you, Lord, that you are a good, good Father. Thank you that we are loved by you. And that's all the love that really matters. I thank you that we can come home. I thank you that we're prodigal sons and daughters. (laughs) And we can come home to you. What I want us to do is just take a moment. There's no hype. I just want us just to close our eyes and ask the question whether or not God... You ask the question, God, are you speaking to me about stuff? Are there things things I need to put down? Are there things I need to to kind of run home to you about? So we're just going to take a moment. I'm just going to invite the Holy Spirit to come. And that isn't freaky. (laughs) They call the Holy Spirit a comforter. He's a comforter and a helper. And what that means is that when he comes... He might just help us to draw some stuff which are deep in our souls, which might be long forgotten. He might trigger some stuff in your head or in your heart where you can just be like, yeah, actually, I do need that to be sorted. He might give some people words. You just don't know what might happen, but it's nothing for you to be afraid of. So this is close our eyes. Just ask that, that question. God, do I need to come home? For some of you, you'll know. For others, you might need to search. This is close our eyes for a moment. Holy Spirit, come. You are welcome here. Reveal your your power. Reveal your word to us. Reveal your beauty. Reveal the Father to us. Let's take a moment. Come, Lord. When Ben was speaking and he said, um, are you lost? I feel like there were a few people here that maybe thought, what do you mean am I lost? I'm here at New Day. I'm here around all these other young people. I'm worshipping God. How can I be lost? I'm here. There's way worse people back at home. But actually, like, are you lost? You can't be getting hot in your heart just from everybody else's heat. You need that fire for yourself. And I feel like God really wants to ignite that in you. And I want you to just think about that question again. Are you lost? Are there things that are in your heart that you're hiding because you don't want people to get a different view of you? You don't want people to see what you're really like or to see the things that you may have done that you're ashamed of. But actually, are you lost? God wants to meet with you again. He wants to draw you near. And he wants to give you that fire in your heart for yourself. He doesn't want you to just sit in worship and raise your hands just because everybody else is. But he wants you to know him and worship him for yourself. Yeah, when Ben was speaking, he spoke about when the younger brother was coming home. Um, When he came home and he got embraced by his father. And the older brother was kind of like, why are you doing that? He's done this, he's done that. How are you going to just accept him back like that? And I think the world is full of people like that. Um, and I got a picture of God just opening the door, opening the door for, for everyone just to walk through. No matter what you've done, no matter what mistakes you've made, God has opened the door. But at that door, there's people there just waiting to trip you up with your old mistakes and saying, oh, you can't go through that door because you've done, done this and, and you've done that and you've made this mistake. And I think that's how the devil works. Sometimes he still reminds me of mistakes that I made six years ago, which God has forgiven me for a long time ago, but he doesn't want us to forget. He wants us to feel guilty. And I just want to say to people that are ready to walk away from the mistakes and ready to be embraced by our Father that don't listen to what other people say. Don't listen to people that try and remind you of your past. Don't listen to the doubt that the devil may place in your mind. 
But God's already opened the door. All you have to do is walk through. If any of those words have been for you, or if you've heard anything um, when Ben was talking that you want prayer for, just have a bit of quiet time and, and place your hand up and someone with a red cap will come and pray with you. Like Ben was saying, it's time to get serious. This is a, an opportunity for everyone, just like the lost son, to, to come home. So if you want prayer for anything at all, just place your hands up and, and we'll come pray with you. Uh, this morning, um, when we were praying, met in here for prayer this morning, and uh, just got the word rated. Um, I just feel like we live in a world where we're constantly trying to you know, wear the right thing, do the right thing, hang out with the right people, and we want people to rate us. Uh, I just felt God saying, you don't need to do any of that because you're rated. You are rated by God. He loves you. You don't need to do anything to earn that. He just loves you the way you are. Just to be clear, what's happening now is that people are hearing from God specific words. Some of it you might be like, actually, that relates to who I am and what I'm about, and that's okay. And we're just going to have a couple more, and then I'm just, like Emma said, just want people just to respond if you want prayer for anything that's going on. So we've got a couple more. We've just got one from Jude and one from Kath. Um, I think when Ben was talking about being embraced by the Father, I think there's some of us out there that actually we have not even known what an embrace of an earthly father's like. Ooh, hello. Um, and, you know, my dad, I didn't know my father when I was younger, and actually I put my loyalties and I put my trust and my identity in some things that actually weren't godly. So actually, if you feel that you've not even had this embrace from, the, from, a, from a father on the earth, so you don't actually know how to run into the arms of the father in heaven, I'd really love to pray for you because I think this is something which is a generation where a lot of dads do leave and it's a lot of broken families and it does affect us quite heavily. Yeah, I've just got a picture. Um, it's like the father was holding the child's hand and the child has now let go of the father's hand. The father's hand is like here and the child just keeps, keeps walking back and back. And they feel the father say, you know what, I'm here, draw back to me, that um, there's nothing that you could have done that can take my love away from you, that um, this draw, draw to me, my presence is with you, I want you to come back. And I feel there's some of you who feel, you know what, that is some things I've just done so bad that no matter what, I can't draw back to you, that the Lord is saying there's nothing, there's nothing that can take away a love from you. Okay, so what I want us to do is just close our eyes. You've heard a lot of words from the front. I just want us to close our eyes. And if any of those words, um, or even if there's anything you just want prayer for, which you might have heard about from up, from up here, I just want you to put your hands up. There's an opportunity, and I want them to put them up high so we can see them. And thank you. And I just, there is an opportunity here to start the week off in the way we want to carry on. What we don't want is us to kind of like be Ah, uh, five days in. Now I'm going to connect him with God. And now I'm going to deal with some stuff. Now there's an opportunity for us to, to really just get things sorted from the start. So Jude's just going to play in the background. We might sing a song, but at the moment, if that is you, if you want prayer, you want to talk to somebody about some of the stuff which has come up this morning, put your hand up and we've got youth leaders and red caps who will come. So that's great. We've got one at the front here. I see a few at the back. That is great. Just put your hand up high and we'll come and just talk to you. It's no, it's no massive pressure. It's not even like there's any condemnation or anything like that. We just, we just want to talk with you. There's another one over there. That's great. Just put, your, just put your hand up and we'll come and speak to you and see what, see what God's going to do.
and if if you don't want to put your hand up or you're kind of like oh, I'm not sure you can still be active pray to yourself pray to your friend next to you put your hand on their shoulder if you know they're going through something you're thinking oh, hey, you should be putting your hand up you know but they're not doing it you quietly pray for them you can pray participants in the divine nature that's what it talks in the bible participants of the divine nature participants of god that's great i see more hands going up there's one in the middle there let's make sure we get to all these people put those hands up high and we'll connect in if you're a river factory member you can also get involved because i see quite a lot of hands going up and therefore you might just need some people to go and connect in. It's great. See one in the middle right there. It's great. We're going to keep worshipping. Jesus is going to sing another song. Like I said, just keep asking God, saying, God, what is it? Do I need to run home to? So, right, you're in a safe place, you know. I know for some of you, coming to New Day is actually your escape. Some of your situations are like, I'm just glad I'm away from my home right now. God's like saying, okay, cool. Well, come then, run to me. Let's, let's, let's do, deal with some stuff. <laughs>